0: Good evening, and welcome to Bible Talk with Jane and Shannon. I am Jane. And I'm Shannon. And tonight, our topic is Philippians 2, putting others first. It's another Sunday School special.
1: Yeah, Philippians 2. We started with Philippians 1 last week, so we're going to get into Philippians 2 this week. And And just a reminder of uh, what we talked about last week, This um, this is a love letter. From Paul to a church that he really appreciates, I think.
0: And Jane thought like the theme of Philippians was let Jesus pour out. I think
1: so, and I think it, I think that's part of it. And I think the other part of it is this is such an encouraging letter.
0: Yeah.
1: But Paul talking to this to this church in Philippi is he's very encouraging, and he's, he's encouraged really by them. He really so loves them. He's received a lot, and he gives a
0: lot. So. And I think the theme for Philippians too. Just the chapter self is Mm -hmm. put others first. That's why I titled it that.
1: Yeah, to an extent. I think that's true.
0: Okay. So I'm going to read verses 1 through 4. Okay. If you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. So I have a question. Here's my first question.
1: Okay, and okay. that just that's a message translation. Yes, so I'm
0: doing using the message translation because mm-hmm. it's uh, American English. It's easy to understand. Yeah,
1: and I've got the NIV in front of me, so if there's
0: Oh, right. Something. Yes, okay. it's great to compare them. Yep. You know, you get... New insights, I think, when oh, comparing. Yeah. So, Shannon, mm. our first question is, what could a church get done if this was the attitude of everyone in the church? Oh, wow. Um, and, and comma, you could even, if you want to answer it as, what could the church at large get done? So the body right. of Christ totally.
1: Well, if the body of Christ acted like this, we would be a completely different entity, especially here in the United States. Um, I mean, right off the ta- top, he says, agree with each other, love one another, be deep-spirited friends. Um, the challenge, I think, I don't know if we'll ever get to that as a whole. Mm-hmm. I think this is a small church deal. I think if you, within your body of believers, can strive for this, I think that is the best expectation we can have. I really don't think, as a whole, all believers corporately would be able to do something like this um, ever because there's just too much human involvement in that yeah. but i think within our individual churches this is a call to action mm-hmm. um, and it's it's great advice on how to how to lead and he gets into he explains this in the next few verses yeah really on how to be this because you, we can tell each other over and over again to do these things. Mm-hmm. Agree with each other, love each other, be deep-spirited friends, uh, don't push your way to the front, put yourself aside, help others get ahead, uh, forget yourselves long to, and, and be involved because you, you forget yourself and put yourself aside. And these are high aspirations, these are high goals, um, and they are contrary to human nature.
0: Mm-hmm. Contrary to society, which will go well, and just well, human nature yeah. in
1: general, um, people are competitive,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and a lot of times, especially in this country, we encourage competitiveness. Yeah. We see that as a positive thing. Mm-hmm. The problem with it, of course, is when we uh, when we become that, we walk away from Christ and what Christ was Himself. So, yeah.
0: Do you want to read the next few verses, five through eight?
1: Sure. Think of yourselves the way Christ Jesus thought of Himself. He had equal status with God, but didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of that status no matter what. Not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privilege of deity and took on the status of a slave, being human. Having become human, he stayed human. It was an incredibly humbling process. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life and then died a selfless, obedient death. And the worst kind of death at that, a crucifixion.
0: So how does the way Jesus thought about himself differ from how the world tells us to think of ourselves go ahead okay well he uh he had equal status with god but didn't he set aside the privileges of deity it says here and and um if someone our our society and the world in general would would say hey those are your privileges you ought to use them you know like use your advantage Take what you can. I mean, it's always take, take, take. And people vie for special privileges. They want them. I mean, you can, I just uh, got a plane ticket for our first intern, our Bible Talk with Jane and Shannon intern, a week-long intern program. We hope it works. One one intern a summer, we'll see. We're going to have our first one this year. But you can pay for special privileges on the plane, the airplane, you know, like, bored early or whatever like that and sometimes that's nice but uh, I really think you know people this is totally contrary to again human nature or what the world says is important I mean they would have said the world would say how Jesus he was God but he put aside that divine right and served people and they would think that was a waste of time he could have used his power and got stuff done a lot quicker, you know. And well, yeah, but you know,
1: that's also when Jesus was tempted in the desert. Yes, that's was that was the temptation that Satan threw out at him.
0: Mm-hmm, true. Use
1: your personage, use your power, use your um, identity as God to do these things. Mm-hmm. Every one of them, Jesus re- rejected.
0: Yeah, it's true.
1: And when he rejected them, he rejected them, for, for the, obviously, for this reason, because he was not meant to be um, an all-powerful God on earth. Right. Because that wouldn't save anyone.
0: Right. He was supposed to be totally human, and he had to set aside. I mean, he was still 100% God, but he, he didn't rely on his godness. That's a, not a word. It is now, I guess. But he relied on the Spirit, just like we can do. And he, we, I don't know, I mean, if I was like part God, of course it's totally different, but I probably wouldn't be able to set that aside and then just serve. But that's what Jesus did. At any moment, he could have chosen to show his power, but instead he always served and was a servant to all, which is amazing. I mean, always. Um, I'll read the next part, 9 and 10. Because of that obedience, God lifted him high and honored him far beyond anyone or anything ever, so that all created beings in heaven and on earth, even those long ago dead and buried, will bow and worship before this Jesus Christ and call out in praise that he is the master of all to the glorious honor of God the Father. And I, when I read that today, I thought, what a joyous day that will be when we're all bowing, bending our knee, bowing before Jesus in worship. So the question is, if Jesus was honored by Father God because of his obedience, what does this, what does this say about how we should behave?
1: Yeah, very good. Um, and I think the concept of Jesus as an example for us yeah. is something that we look to and obviously has, has a, a great um, impact on our lives to follow Jesus, but there is no way that I, as a human, can understand the sacrifice that took.
0: Right, especially for him.
1: Because we, we as humans don't like to give up our privilege. Right. We like to hold on to it. If there's something that we have, that we are blessed with, whatever it is, we like to hold on to that. Yes. And Jesus took the absolute opposite track, and he had more privilege, more... Ability, a higher placement than I could ever have, and yet he gave his up. That's true. So I think He gave up a
0: whole lot more than anybody on earth will ever give up. Right.
1: And I think when we look at this um, from that perspective, um, I think that's something we have to remember, that he gave up so much.
0: Yeah.
1: And he willingly gave it up.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, there were times when um, Jesus was hunted Mm-hmm. And he ran. And he hid. Well, why would God run and hide from someone who was coming after them? Because Jesus never, even in times of peril, mm-hmm. took on his his identity as God and forced that.
0: Oh, that goes back to, well, I had something else. Mm-hmm. But um, interesting thought. I'm thinking of Colossians, which we had just read and Sunday school before Philippians um, but where it says in in Colossians uh, Colossians 1 17 and this is the new American standard and he is before all things and in him all things hold together oh but then before in first in Colossians 116 for by him all things were created so all people were created so he was actually running from people he created
1: right and that, I mean, it's, that took a, a humble heart. A humble heart. It took a humble heart and it took, um, I mean, that, that, the self-control. Think about the self-control oh, that the would take. Oh,
0: the self-control, because he could just in a, in, a, in a nanosecond blast them or at least say, hey, I'm the Messiah and show his uh, glorified self that, uh, yeah, because thing.
1: if he'd have shown himself for who he was, there would have been no faith involved. Right, it would have been obvious; It would have been in front of them. Yeah. So, can I share one more
0: thing before you? Sure. Um, that thing about obedience. That the one thing that came to mind was um, in one Samuel fifteen when uh, remember when Saul did the sacrifices because he he couldn't wait for Samuel. Samuel was late, and then and Samuel said, "Has the Lord?" Okay, First Samuel fifteen twenty two, And Samuel said, Has the Lord as much delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. And then it goes down in 23. It says, For rebellion is as the sin of divination or witchcraft. So um, Saul at this time thought he was, you know, doing a godly thing, you know, he took a hold of this, but he didn't do it the way he was being disobedient. Mm. And and I guess that I just am thinking about us being obedient, how that is so much better than us trying to have some big show or or whatever. Like, I don't know.
1: I want to read 10 yeah, and 11 in another translation. Yeah, do it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And this kind of goes back to what my sermon was on Sunday. I talked about some of the different names of God.
0: Mm-hmm. That's and a good sermon. You're, it was called, What's in a Name? What's in a Name? You should you should listen to it. And Greenbrook Preacher.
1: This is uh, 10 and second 11. Philippians 2, uh, 10 and 11. Okay. That in honor of the name given Yeshua, every knee will bow in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. And every tongue will acknowledge that Yeshua the Messiah is Adonai, mm. to the glory of God the Father.
0: Mm. That is so good.
1: What I really like about that um, is... One of the things I learned researching for that sermon is Adonai is um, plural. Is a name for the Lord, um, a name of one of God's names, but it is a plural. The Messiah is Adonai, so this that everyone will acknowledge that Jesus is God. Mm-hmm. He is part of that Trinity. He mm-hmm. is Adonai to the glory of God the Father, mm-hmm. and I, I love that so. Yeah, um,
0: I do like it when they say so that every knee will bow because
1: pass. Jesus, and yeah, and that comes uh, that comes straight from Isaiah 45. Mm-hmm. Um, because Jesus lowered Himself, God raised Him up,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and because He had the self control and the dedication to His mission to lower Himself, God raised Him to that highest level. And I think um, then the, the name of Jesus, who was the lowest. Uh-huh. everyone will have to bow to the lowest mm. if you think about that from a you know a servant or a slave standpoint uh-huh. the slave becoming the master
0: uh-huh.
1: and the difference is that he allowed himself to be a slave on earth and i think that's that's the goal you know um, that paul is talking about here in the philippians he's trying to tell people seek the bottom rung of the ladder
0: yeah. and do everything you servant. can to
1: serve others
0: I'm thinking of that one parable that Jesus said well he was looking at well it's not so much a parable but he saw all the scribes or whatever trying mm-hmm. to find the, get the best seat in the house best seat at the table and he said no you should go and sit in the lowest seat so if the host comes he can bring you back up wouldn't it be embarrassing if he, the host comes and says hey that's not your seat go, go to the end and and so even Jesus recognized, or not recognized, but acknowledged this thing. You know, I just, uh, we're just supposed to be servants of all.
1: All right, 12 and 13, I'll read that. Yes. Um, so my dear friends, just as you have always obeyed when I was with you, it is even more important that you obey now when I am away from you. Keep working out your deliverance with fear and trembling. For God is the one working among you both among you both the willing and the working for what he what, what pleases him that's 13,
0: 13. Yep. Mm. well i the the your question turn, sorry, is is how the message says um 12 and uh, a couple of the phrases i liked in it mm-hmm. um, go ahead when i was living among you you lived in responsive obedience now that i'm separated from you keep it up better yet redouble your efforts Be energetic in your life of salvation, reverent and sensitive before God. So I thought, you know, I like the thought of you living in responsive obedience. I love that. So, I mean, what does Mm -hmm. that say to you? Responsive obedience.
1: Responsive obedience. Well, he says, when I was living among you, you lived in response obedience. In Mm -hmm. other words, when I was there, you responded to the message. You responded correctly to to what was being taught to you. But now he says, now that I'm away from you, continue that. Mm -hmm. So this is obviously a church that willingly accepted him Mm -hmm. in all the right ways. And Paul is encouraging them. I'm not with you now, but still be what you were when I was there.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. I think also. Be the that, best you can be. And I think also that responsible obedience, it's. Because we can uh, superficially re- obey, you know, mm-hmm. if you get down. That's the legalism, legalistic kind of way. You, right. you have a set of rules that make you look like a good Christian, or so you think, but or so we think. But, but our responsible obedience is that we're responding to the Father's, to God's commands, to His love. And mm-hmm. so then we want to obey.
1: Yeah, it's it's like the difference be, you know, they say character is what you do when no one's watching. Oh,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. That's
1: the same sort of thing. Uh, Paul saying, you know, now just live it. Yeah. Live what you were doing. Make that your life. Make it what mm-hmm. you, make it all of who you are. I like that. I like that concept. Um, because it's, again, it, it is contrary to human nature. And that's why... A lot of the New Testament, uh, especially when you get into to Peter and, and James and some of the other ones, they talk a lot about self-control.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And faith is a conscious choice. Right. It's not something you can just you know, float in. You no, have to make a conscious choice yeah. to truly follow Christ. That is a conscious thing that you have to make that decision daily.
0: Yeah, you can't be mindless.
1: When Jesus said, pick up your cross and follow me.
0: It was daily. Daily. Daily, yeah.
1: daily it has to be a conscious thing. And so that responsible obedience, I like that. Um, and he's, where it says, better yet, double down, you know, make it even more. Um,
0: yeah. Oh, okay, now this other one. Be energetic in your life of salvation. The reason why I like this. Okay, so someone very important said on Sunday that accepting Jesus is the beginning of our salvation life mm. that was Shannon Henricks in the <laughs> sermon well, and so that's what i thought about when i saw that be energetic in your life of salvation it goes back to that responding response of it's not a like you said sunday that's not the end when you when you finally accept jesus christ as as, you know, you're accepting his gift of salvation, that's just the beginning of your walk of faith. Not saying that, you know, be energetic in your life of salvation or or other, the NASB says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Right. That doesn't mean, you know, we add things to the salvation. I mean, Jesus saves us and we're saved. But I guess this goes to that really big word, sanctification. We're learning to be like Jesus.
1: Right. And that's where I had a wonderful conversation with a young man this week about discipleship. And that's where discipleship becomes so important in the church. And I think we can all work on that. I know I can work on that, where we bring someone to maturity through discipleship. And mm-hmm. that's, that's why I said, you know, the beginning of your relationship with God is when you accept Jesus. That is the beginning of the relationship. It's just now like, you have to work at it right, and, and it has, has to mature.
0: I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. It's also the same thing you said in the sermon is that the wedding mm-hmm. is just the, oh, the yeah. most trivial part of the marriage. It is the beginning of the marriage. Yeah. You're it's married, not the
1: most trivial because it is the commitment, but on the other hand, it is the, it's the most. That. I didn't say that. No, you didn't say that. It is the most uninformed decision you ever made. Yes. Because, because then, you made that decision, but you didn't really know who you were having a relationship with in the future. Right. As you mature in a marriage, as you mature in a relationship, as the, as you spend more and more time with a person, you develop um, a more intimate relationship, a more intuitive relationship. You know, Jane and I have, this week will be married 28 years. 28,
0: no, 27. 27.
1: 27.
0: 1994 plus 27. Okay. Okay.
1: 27 years. And I finish her sentences. She'll start something and I just finish it.
0: Mainly because I forgot what I was going to say. But I always know
1: what she's saying before she... When she forgets it, I know what it was. And that concept of, I want to get that close to God. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So that I am so in tune with God. And I I am so... I'm listening to God so much that I know what He wants to say before He says it. I know... I know where God's leading me in this. I know where the Spirit is pushing me in these things. Get so in tune that I can finish the sentences. Mm -hmm. You know, that that same kind of intimacy. And and I appreciate our relationship so much that I can see that as being a a good example of what my intimate relationship should be with God.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, so the next couple verses, or next 14 through 16 says, Do everything readily and cheerfully, no bickering, No second guessing allowed. Go out into the world uncorrupted, a breath of fresh air in this squalid and polluted society. Provide people with a glimpse of good living and of the living God. Carry the light-giving message into the night so I'll have good cause to be proud of you on the day that Christ returns. You'll be living proof that I didn't go to all this work for nothing. So the question is, how can we stay uncorrupted from the world? cuz obviously we're not supposed to stay away from the world cuz he says go out into the world uncorrupted mm-hmm. i mean if we don't go into the world how are they going to hear the message i mean we need to go to the world just like jesus did he went into the cities and everything right and did you see that compare this to james one twenty seven. is a
1: well i want to read this other translation yeah, out here right now in front of me and this is what 14 through 16 mhm Do everything without fetching or arguing, so that you may be blameless and pure children of God without defect in the midst of a twisted and perverted generation, among whom you you shine like stars in the sky Mm, as you hold on to the word of life. If you do this, I will be able to boast when the day of the Messiah comes that I did not run or toil for nothing. Hmm. I love that last sentence.
0: I didn't toil for nothing.
1: Yeah, I will be able... To boast when the day of the Messiah comes that mm-hmm. I did not toil for nothing. Yeah. His only, Paul's only boast is going to be, "Look what I brought you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Look at the people mm-hmm. that followed. I echoed your words, and they followed me. They followed you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's Paul's, Paul's mission on earth when he, when he went through his his." Uh, transference from being Saul to being Paul when he accepted Christ, when he, when he saw Christ on the road to Damascus, I think Paul's mission at that point in time Mm -hmm. was to reflect Christ to everyone, to share Mm -hmm. it, to push it. Um, as a missionary, he was outstanding, obviously, because not only did, did his personal presence do, do great things, but also just letters he sent to people were obviously important enough. We kept them in the Bible and, I just I love this concept of, you know, one of the things he says, what are we supposed to do to make sure that we're blameless and pure?
0: Mm.
1: It's to do everything without arguing about mm. it. Yes. That was that was Turned his one around, point. Yeah. Yeah, if Be you cheerfully. If, if you narrow it down, if you pull it all down to the very what he's saying there, do everything readily and cheerfully, no bickering. And then go out into the world uncorrupted. mm
0: mm-hmm. Mhm.
1: That's the one thing he's telling this church to do. Make sure that you don't argue and bicker and fight amongst yourselves and be joyful in what you're doing.
0: Mm-hmm. And then he says,
1: go out. So he's taking a church and making it a missionary church. Yeah. He's telling the whole church, be that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I. What more can you say to our churches today?
0: Yeah, they do that. Joyfully so go out. So I do not... I do all my work at home. Mm-hmm. I'm a caregiver to mm-hmm. our son. And, and was, you know, whatever else I do here, everything I do at home. So I'm not in a public workplace. But I have been in them a long time ago. And I do know sometimes in the public workplace, it's not always so cheery and joyful.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah. So it does make a difference when someone comes in. And is not fake cheery, but just actually good-natured and grateful and happy. Positive. And it really does change
1: places. It can change places. And it's it's a challenge because as human beings, we have a tendency to absorb the environment around us. Mm. If everyone's negative and you walk in the room, the easiest thing in the world would be to become negative with everyone else.
0: Right.
1: it's hard to be the stand-alone yeah. one in the room that's positive. But that's what we're called to do. Yes, it is, yes. And it, I think um, no matter where you are or what you have access to, whether it's a workplace you're at or whether it's people online or whether it's uh-huh. letters you can write or, or phone calls you can make, whatever it is, in any, in any way, shape, or form, That we have contact with another person, if we take it from the aspect of, I'm representing Christ, Mm
0: -hmm. and also,
1: but that has to be a conscious thought too. It
0: does have to be, but also, I mean, it goes along with representing Christ. But you should that their interaction with you should make their day better. Mm -hmm. So the rest of the verses, well, I'll read seventeen and. Eighteen, okay, and then nineteen through thirty, or actually, this is this is his goodbye. And um, well, it
1: is, but it isn't. There's there's more chapters in the letter.
0: Well, that's true. That's true. But (laughs) I mean, that is is true. This
1: this is just telling you what's going to happen next.
0: Yeah. So seventeen and eighteen is just a even if I'm executed here and now, I'll rejoice in being an element in the offering of your faith that you make on Christ's altar, a part of your rejoicing turnabout's fair play. You must join me in my rejoicing. Whatever you do, don't feel sorry for me. So, that just...
1: Yeah, 17 in this translation says, Indeed, even if my lifeblood is poured out as a drink offering over the sacrifice and service of your faith,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I will still be glad and rejoice with you all. Mm-hmm. Likewise, you too should be glad and rejoice with me. So, even if it, even if what I'm doing causes my death... Rejoice! Right, I'm doing it for you. So I, I like that.
0: Yeah, and then 19 through 30. You're right. I was thinking this. End. This is not the end All of right. the letter. He's just talking wonderful about Timothy and a path. Well, you read it. Yeah, he's read talking about
1: what he plans to do in the future. What yeah, he plans okay. to do. So far, he's been giving advice and telling them how much he loves them and how how wonderful it has been to to be connected with this with this body of believers and. He's he's just pouring out really good advice here. And now he says, this is what I plan to do. Starting in 19, it says, I plan, according to Jesus' plan, to send Timothy to you very soon so he can bring back all the news of you he can gather. Oh, what how that will do my heart good. I have no one quite like Timothy. He's loyal and genuinely concerned for you. Most people around here are looking out for themselves with little concern for the things of Jesus. But you know yourselves... That Timothy is the real thing. He's been a devoted son to me as together we've delivered the message. As soon as I see how things are going to fall out from here, fall out from me here, I plan to send him off. And then I'm hoping and praying to be right on his heels. But for right now, I'm dispatching Epaphroditus, my good friend and companion in my work. You sent him to help me out. Now I'm sending him to help you out. Hmm. He has been wanting in the worst way to get back with you especially since recovering from the illness you heard about. He's been wanting to get back and reassure you that he is just fine. He nearly died, as you know, but God had mercy on him. And not only on him, he had mercy on me, too. His death would have been one huge grief piled on top of all the others. So you can see why I'm so delighted to send him on to you. When you see him again, strong and strapping, how you'll rejoice and how relieved I'll be. Give him a grand welcome, a joyful embrace. People like him deserve the best you can give. Remember the ministry to me that you started but weren't able to complete? Well, in the process of finishing up that work, he put his life on the line and nearly died doing it.
0: So the question... That's awesome. Yeah, isn't that
1: awesome? So basically what he's saying is, in the future, as soon as I figure out what's going to happen with me, I'm going to send Timothy to you. Mm -hmm. But right now I'm sending this letter with Epaphroditus. He's Mm -hmm. going to carry it back to you. You send him to help me. He did an incredible job he he almost lost his life in doing the things that he's done, but he wants to come back healthy mm-hmm. and joyful and show you what God has done mm-hmm. in his life so I like that
0: I, I do too and so obviously these believers are close mm-hmm. Paul's close to the church, the Philippian church and a Timothy and Epaphroditus but they, and
1: Epaphroditus it, is one of them, so right their church has. Someone that's right with him at the time yeah. going back and forth, so
0: and they enjoy each other's company, obviously they cheer each other on mm-hmm. so the the question I guess this is the last question it's something that we all should think about why aren't all churches like this, and how can we help our own particular church be like this?
1: I think the one thing that I think is missing from a lot of churches, and I would include our church in that as well mm-hmm. is fire. Mm. a sense of urgency in our lives. Mm. And that sense of urgency is, I mean, when I say that, I mean a sense of urgency that's consistent. Um, an urgent need to get closer to God, an urgent, overwhelming desire to share the gospel, to spread the word, a, an overwhelming desire to walk in the, in the footsteps of Christ. And when that happens and you have that communion with people like-minded people that's mm-hmm. when you get this kind of closeness true because if you're following all the things paul's talking about here if everyone's doing that mm-hmm. imagine how close they are then
0: mm, yeah
1: if everyone they all the same goal yeah if everyone is living a life of servanthood a fervent servanthood mm-hmm. imagine how close the church would be
0: then hmm We need to do that in our churches. We need to do that. And I think, I just really feel that, well, no matter if Jesus is coming back in a few days or in a hundred years or a thousand years, we know the world's getting worse. So, I I think we as Christians need to be plugged into a, a church, a body of believers where we can grow together And we can support each other and serve each other. And I think it will help when, if things get really bad, we'll be there, we'll we'll be the haven for each other. And we can, and a haven that will welcome others in. I mean, that's what the church is. But I just feel we need to really focus on our relationships within our body of believers. And we're supposed to be a family and not a dysfunctional family, more like a really good family.
1: Well, not just a family, though. We're also meant to be servants.
0: Yes, yes, yes. And
1: servants outside of the family.
0: Yes.
1: That's the challenge, um, I think, for a lot of churches and for a lot of believers is um, they feel safe and comfortable Mm. in the church that they're in. Oh. They feel comfortable there because it's a safe place for them, Mm -hmm. which which is what it should be. Right. It should be an awesome place for you to come and bury your soul and be safe doing it. But the other thing that the church needs to do is really ignite fire. Mm -hmm. So it's a safe place to come, but it's home base. Oh, I like that. But you're supposed to be going out. Yeah. And guess what? You come back to home base, you recharge your batteries, you you learn, you study, you get more in-depth in your relationships there, and then you all go again.
0: You know, something I think really helps with that is something that happened this last Sunday at our church. I was so... I was so blessed because we always, if you go to our church or, or if you've been there or whatever, we, like a lot of churches, um, we have we ask for prayer requests. And I write them down so none of us forget them. Then we pray them and then anybody in the church who wants a copy of the prayer list can get it online or I'll make a copy or whatever. And we pray for each other. But this last Sunday we had so many praises and so we were able to praise God for Mary Lou's successful cataract surgery. We able to praise God for Connie's coming home. We able to praise God for... There were other things we Velma. praised God. Velma. is a wonderful sister in the Lord who had a major stroke. And now she's doing great. And, and defying all medical knowledge. I mean, it's obvi- obviously God did a miracle. And, and so it, I love it when... We don't forget the praises, and I think when we share our praises with each other, it's a we can hear answers to prayer, and it just it wraps us up. Like um, Brother Wayne, he had an issue with a local business, and he was upset about it. For good reason. He went back, and it was ended up just being a computer error, and it all came about, and it was a glory to God, and we were able to. To rejoice and with him. And- to Wayne's
1: credit, he brought that to us and said, "Would you pray for it?"
0: Yes, he did. You know,
1: and I think, yeah, I think that's that is an awesome thing. And I think about what do you think the disciples when they were sent out two by two. What, what wouldn't it have been interesting to see them when they all come back together and share their experiences?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When the disciples went out, what happened? Who did you well, talk to? what did you see yes what what you know what changes did you have? What would you do different next time? You know oh, this is what we did, and mm-hmm. we are under that same situation, and this is how it went for us, and it was better or worse, whatever. just that conversation, how many times in our church have we intentionally gone out and then intentionally come back and said, "This is what happened
0: mm-hmm.
1: We do that occasionally with the prayer list, and we do that. Um, when we share a time in fellowship with each other, we, we do share some of those things. But I think that should be an intentional thing. Mm-hmm. I think intentionally we should go out. Mm-hmm. And intentionally we should come back.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And intentionally we should, we should you know, iron sharpens iron. We should be strengthening each other in this role. Yeah,
0: I think so. And that's I a challenge so. for,
1: for me as a pastor. That's a challenge for me to try and encourage that and to try and figure out a way to maybe start that that fire a little bit. Yeah. We've got some wonderful wonderful people in our church that have um, ability and drive and everything but I guess I got to figure out how to pull the trigger.
0: Well, I think sometimes too you're fighting against the the streak of americanism in our church where people we Americans tend to be independent and mm-hmm. and which is not a bad thing but we can it can go a little too far. Sure. And then also you, you deal with in just human nature people are a little insecure and think oh i can mm-hmm. do this but is that really valuable to the church and i will or, say anything is valuable to the church if you have a talent god can use it or if you have a skill god can use it doesn't we matter have what a, it is we have
1: a wonderful church full of very loving people who are so accepting when someone comes to our church i i, I love that about our church is how accepting we are but, in addition to accepting, we need to also be inviting
0: yes, inviting and we
1: are inviting if you come in the door you 'll feel that, yes, but if you don 't cross the door, you may not know that that 's what it is, yeah. so that 's something that we can work on, mm-hmm. and that 's something that I can work on too as a as a pastor is trying to encourage that so mm-hmm. and I think all churches are probably like that um, yeah, well, They all here. have we have a need to be intentional in our or what, to, what was the exact actual words? You had them underlined here. We need to live in responsive obedience.
0: Yeah.
1: And responsible obe- responsive obedience is, is God saying, "Go."
0: Mm-hmm. We need to go.
1: Go. We need to go a little more.
0: Yeah. Not to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. That's
1: a fiber issue, and that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> Uh, we've gone long on this one, but I think it's been worthwhile. I think I hope this is something that um
0: We're gonna do inspires you three. or starts
1: to get you there. But yeah, we'll do Philippians three next week. Uh continuing on in this letter of Paul to one of his churches. It's kinda
0: like uh I'm kinda viewing this as we don't have Sunday school in the summertime at our church. This is just a recent thing. And um, so we're writing the Sunday school lessons as we would if we did have Sunday school, and yeah. so you get to benefit from it.
1: And this is hopefully the way we would have our adult Sunday school, is everybody reads and talks and answers yeah. questions and discusses things with each other. So, so. if
0: you're nearby, want to try out our church and Sunday school if you don't have one. Yeah. Don't want to steal people from other churches. Everyone is be welcome. Part of your the doors church. are always
1: yeah. open to everyone. There is no need for anyone not to be there. Yeah. So. Okay. Oh, God bless.
0: Thanks for listening. Bye.